Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Quantum Spirituality right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest is Robert Lindsay Mill. Quantum spirituality, what is that? What is a, being a psychic? Uh, you know, we've seen it being thrown around for a long time, and but we don't always understand what an intuitive counselor is. So today we're going to be taking that wonderful discovery with Robert. Um, you know, he was reading tea leaves before he could speak English. Uh, he's a Toronto native and humble beginnings and at the age of 19, hippie psychic working at a tea house and he has since grown and been recognized across the continent as one of the most insightful psychic intuitive counselors of his time you will be fascinated by his work with a coma patient and how he was able to help cure a very deadly superbug infection featured in the book the perfect predator and he says as long as he can remember he has sensed things the first feelings the vibrations by immediate surroundings and as he grew older he was able to perceive and sense real indefinable energy and vibrations from the people that he encountered and by the time he was nine years old he discovered his life's calling he didn't know what it would be called but he knew what he was going to be doing welcome to the show Robert thank you I've been looking forward to speaking with you so um, great right back at you right back at you um, I was born this way as well oh, yes. <laughs> And it's not necessarily a very easy thing, is it, as a child, especially in the past. Today, easier, but in the past, it's just that you were a strange child, you know, because you could see things and you could tell people about things. But where did you get that from? And, and, and just people weren't kind of quite clued in. I came from an environment where it was um, totally rejected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As with all religion. So, mm -hmm. so, so there was there was no recognition of, of, of my sensitivities. I used to get into a lot of trouble for, for <laughs> things that I said. And I never I, I never understood why. Mm. Um, an example of that, I, I, I came home from school. I was either in grade either kindergarten or grade one. And I said to my mother, Grandma Harris died today. Well, Grandma Harris actually was my great-grandmother. I'd only seen her once, and she lived in England. And this would have been like 1955. Mm -hmm. So, so um, news traveled very slowly. Yeah. And, and I told my mother that. She got angry, yelled at me, sc scolded me, and more than likely hit me for saying something that was so terrible. Mm -hmm. The next night at dinner... Um, my father, mother, my sister and I were, were having dinner. My mother said, Grandma Harris died yesterday. I thought my dad was going to get angry with my mother mm -hmm. for saying bad things. And they just talked about it. And I, 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 I couldn't understand. And, and that used to happen to me a lot. Mm -hmm. um, Uncle Harold, that, 
who was that woman? That wasn't Aunt Sally. No, that one got me hit for as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't under, well, one, I didn't understand what he was doing. And two, I, I didn't understand that no one else knew. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that became a bit confusing for me. Yeah, um, most certainly, you know, a time, I mean, my mother is, uh, was Faye and my grandmother and uh, a couple of aunts were Faye. Um, so, you know, that kind of spiritualness was there, but it was certainly not something we volunteered or talked about. Right. Um, and, you know, it was still confusing times, you know, where if you did say something or see something, you know, it is... You, you always kind of were fearful of the white coats coming to get you because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're crazy. The white coats are going to come and get you one day. And um, but it was you're so compelled to say it because that's that is that channel that you're in. You, you have to say it. Well, that, you know? it, 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 it's simply there. Yeah. Um, and, and it's the way you see it. it yes. It, it, and um, so that, that time when you were talking about me um, at nine, um, it was it was quite a, uh, uh, an amazing awareness for me. M- my dad took me to uh, a Stanley Cup hockey game, uh, semifinals at Toronto and Boston, and and the um, the, the series was tied one one, and the game in Toronto at, at the end of the third period the score was one one, and then um, they went into the fourth into overtime. And when the teams just came on the ice to just stretch just a little bit, I knew number 17 was going to score. Mm-hmm. I, 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 it, I, Gary Eamon, what was his name? I knew he was going to score. Anyway, um, you know, the referee blew his whistle and, you know, called the game to get started and all the you know players were, um, went to the bench. And as they were getting ready to drop the puck, you know, the mm-hmm. – Maple Leaf Gardens was was um, packed, eighteen thousand people. They turned the lights down. By the way, Gary even wasn't on the ice at the time. As the referee was about to drop the puck, in my mind, Gary Eman had scored, and I jumped up, yelled and screamed in this <laughs> quiet, silent building, and. <laughs> <laughs> and and the entire building looked at me and my dad and and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said sit down mm-hmm. and and I sat down and the game started and I just realized nobody knew right yeah and and I was I, I wasn't really watching the game anyway a couple of minutes later Eamon jumps over the boards Red Kelly passes him the puck and he tips the, uh, the puck in the net. The building erupts, mm. um, you know, camera, um, f- photographs, lights, people screaming. And, and I was looking around saying, other people, I think differently. I'm different. Yeah. Well, that's, well, okay, that, that's from an adult's point of view. Yeah. You know, from nine-year-old is I understood why I got into trouble. Yeah. And um, then I knew what I was going to be doing with 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 what uh, with with my life. Then at that time, you were lucky to know it then, because there's many a, a psychic that I've interviewed that have always been that way. But you know, they were compelled to go into quote quote the normal life and keep it quiet, don't tell anyone, and uh, you know would go and do this mundane job and probably do it very well but 
constantly had this calling uh, that they didn't feel that they could follow that they didn't have permission to follow uh, so you were lucky at that age of nine knowing that that was your path um, and that, you know you you probably didn't understand what that path was but you knew that that was you know that you were different and that was the gift that you had and i knew that what i had was mine and no one no one could have it and and it was mine so so uh nobody could tell me what to do with it right um, nobody nobody could um and it was it is and has been um throughout my life the one thing that is that is totally and completely mine and um and and i share it very generously uh, however it's always mine and yeah. right well, you understand that oh yeah i mean you it's you've been given the gift to give right that's that's the thing it's a service um right and and yeah. it's uh yes I've, I've been a counselor in my life before I knew even what that was, even as a child. I, you know, to my teachers and other people, I'd have something profound to say to them. I had no idea what I was saying, only that it's what they needed to hear in that moment. How sure. did you know that? Yeah. I don't know. Could you repeat that? No. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's a problem. Yes. <laughs> You're in the now. You're in the moment. So, so um, throughout the, after that time at nine, I, I realized, um, so, so I, I certainly didn't fully understand what I had. Right. Um, I, I knew it was different. And, and um, I don't know, should I confess this? Yes. Okay. So, so um, that, that, that hockey game started on a Thursday, was on a Thursday night. And, and that's, I had that realization on Saturday, um, they were playing, going to play again. And on Saturday mornings, my sister Gail and I got our allowance. It was 25 cents each. And we'd get to go to the movies, see a show, three, three movies, a uh, uh, bunch of cartoons and you get a popcorn and I, um, a soda and some candy, 25 cents. And that's what Gail and I the did. Days. Oh yes. So, and, and, and Gail and I would go there every week. So as I was getting my allowance from my dad, I said to him, Boston's going to win tonight. And he said, not, a, no way, or whatever the equivalent was. And I said, I bet you 25 cents, he, they will. And he kept my quarter. And then that night he gave my quarter back and one of his. And I hustled my dad um, for a couple of years. Now I had to let him win um, because, because I was afraid that he would catch on. He never once caught on. And after I had done it for so long and it was so easy, I also thought that it wasn't the right thing to do when I stopped. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and I stopped doing that. And, but um, it was also part of my rebellion Yes, <laughs> it, 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 it was my way. It, it's um, so if you want me to do something, tell me I can't, mm -hmm. you know, so um, so that that might have been part of it. And, and I think once I had proven to myself that that uh, um, 
once I proved to myself that that I, I could do with my abilities what I wanted, um, I, I decided to do it, do it things in different ways. Now, now I, I didn't exclusively hustle my dad on Saturday afternoon. I, I also would 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 see people in trouble, whether it be one of my friends or or even a teacher or or an adult. I would say things to them and 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 often um give them information that that would um affect them yes and well once again you know that and and i was constantly doing that and at, at a young age when people were in trouble uh, they, they often came to me mm -hmm. it was just the way it was you know that was kind of a double entendre isn't it you know one point that they looked at you as a freak and then when they needed you they were right there <laughs> you know so um absolutely yeah i was so i you know i remember you know i was the strange one i was the different one but you know they they knew that i had answers and it wasn't me sarah didn't have answers he said i was a channeler i channeled the answers and i didn't know mm. i was doing that um but it was just you know, it, the, the knowledge was there. I call it the knowingness when, when it was needed and it was for me to pass on. And I knew, I understood that because I couldn't keep it inside of me. Mm -hmm. It had to come out. Somebody had to hear it, even if it was my dolls. Sure. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, because you can't keep that energy in you no. when, when, because it's not yours. No. And, and if you do, it'll hurt you. Yes. 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 So, you know, you're compelled to do it. And, and what people do with it, you've given it to them. Now, that's it now. Right. You Absolutely. know, what they do it, whether they're mad at you or they don't like what you've had to say, you know, the onus is off you now. You, uh, you had a message for them. You gave them that message. And what they do with it is now on them. Right. But the, sometimes oh. they like to shoot the messenger. <laughs> right. Oh, well, not that I've ever noticed. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, so I, I also in in my life, um, I, I I came from a, a, a very abusive background, um, physically, um, emotionally, um, sexually, um, and it was a very difficult household to live in. At about 14 and a half, I, I ran away from home and I lived in the streets. I lived in downtown Toronto um, from November to about April. You didn't and, time that very well. And I, well, yeah, <laughs> ho ho however, I, sur I survived on the street. Um, I had no intention ever of going back home because the police found me and took me home. But, but, um, in that time, so, and, and I went back home and when I turned 15, I, I left home again and, and never uh, lived at, at home full time ever again. Excuse me, <coughs> excuse me. Um, when I was on, and, and um, when I was on the streets, I survived by my instincts, mm -hmm. my psychic abilities. So my psychic abilities are were were formed and 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 honed on the streets and and survival. Yeah. And and um, in that time, I was always offered. I had when I was in trouble, or you know, and kids get into trouble on the street. 
I always had the opportunity of using my intuition, my, my psychic ability, or do something illegal or immoral. Mm-hmm. Almost always, I, I, I chose the intuitive, the psychic way. Uh, um, there were some times where if to survive, I, I, I would have had to have done something immoral, but um, my, my first choice always was, was um, my, my, my intuitions. And, and, and often it was giving something to somebody and helping somebody yes. often was part of it. So um, I'm just trying to, I just got, I got stopped here for a moment. Um, so anyway, so that, that, that's how I survived through, throughout that time. I also heard that if you look, if you worked at the cozy tea room in Toronto, um, you would get paid. You, you, you would, you know, if you worked in the afternoon, you'd get a, a cup of tea and a sandwich and cookies, and then you'd get paid at the end of the shift. And then if you worked in the evening, you could get a hot dinner mm. and cookies and tea and you would get paid. And I applied there. Uh, to, to work there, I, I, I couldn't read anything other than people and energy, but, but, but I, I survived it on the streets. So um, I applied and did a reading for the owner. And the way I did tea leaf readings was I'd pick the teacup up and then I would just put it in front of me and then talk to the person. Mm-hmm. And then, or, and then, and then they also would do card readings. Well, I didn't know about cards. I would just put them down on the table and, you know, I, as, a, as a kid, I was a pretty smooth talker back then. And so I would just um, talk about the cards and then intertwine it with what I was really saying with them. Yeah. But I really didn't pay attention to the cards. Anyway, I got hired. And that day I worked both shifts. So I got a sandwich and a cup of tea and cookies. And I got a hot dinner and a cup of tea and cookies. And I got paid for two shifts. And that night I had a place to sleep. Mm. And the next day I had a job to go to. Mm. And I, I worked at the cozy tea room till I was about 21. And, and I worked there five days a week, six days a week. Um, and some weeks, so there, there was an older guy there by the name of Red Hawk. His name was really was called really Laurie Kloss. And um, he was the star of Toronto in those days. And, and um, Lori liked me, so he would often get private parties on Sundays and, and he would bring me along. So many weeks I would work seven days a week mm-hmm. doing readings one after the other after the other. And by the time I was about 21, I'd, I'd done thousands of readings. Mm-hmm. It was, it, um, anyway, that, that's how I ended up doing readings um, for my living. That's the way. Um, I'm a gypsy reader, um, so um, I've never had an affinity with the tarot, but I just read ordinary cards, and um, and they're just there, as you say, comfort for other people, but they're also sometimes in a guidance of the messaging you're getting, you know, sure. um, so they're keeping you on track, because the messaging you're getting sometimes doesn't kind of always come through coherently, um, and, and it also depends on the energy of the person that you're reading for. If they're jumbled, that's what you're kind of getting, so the cards would be a way of me kind of navigating and uh, I build it on, on top of the, the other to kind of get the dimensions of, of the message. 
and uh, I don't do too many readings nowadays, too busy doing this, but um, I've been doing it since I was a, a young girl. I mean, when I was in boarding school, it got known that I could do this. And so I was... How old were you about? Well, I mean, I've been kind of reading people since I, the beginning of time. I used, I was a very sickly child, so in bed a lot. And so I used to play with dead people and I channeled and went to different dimensions all the time. And I was probably nine or something when, you know, when I could, I picked up a, a teacup and started reading the tea leaves and, yes. and, and it wasn't, I was like, it wasn't really reading the tea leaves, you know. It's, of course, yeah, I understand, yeah. yeah. It is, um, it is just being still in the moment and allowing and sure. uh, and see what comes through and of course i had no idea that i was reading at that time but uh, you know it carried on and then my mother and i moved to south africa from england and i remember one time as a fundraiser for the school where, where did you go in south africa uh, cape town um and my mother and i did a fundraiser where we were doing readings of the kids um and the teachers you know um and you know, what people don't realize is that how exhausting it can be and because you know you're you are constantly having to tune into these different channels of energy it's obviously taking energy from you as well and it can be kind of quite tiring you know so for you to do you know six days a week or longer although sometimes the energy if it's in the right setting can just flow right through you and it could be rejuvenating other times it can be really really exhausting and i think it depends on what energy is around you but I know for myself that there's been a couple of readings that I wish I never had to do. Um, you know, one was of a young girl where there was just literally no future. None. Didn't matter which way I put it. There was nothing. The door was closed. And I just said, you know, you're, you're not very open today. I can't read you today. And, um, you know, go home and hug your parents. And she was dead in a week. Um, my, my best friend at the time. Um, I saw her death, but I told her to go and say goodbye to her father because I said he was dying, go and say goodbye to him. Um, and she died. And you, those are the kind of things that, you know, people will say to you, oh, don't tell me about my death. I can't help what I tell you, but the, I don't have to tell you your demising. I can do it in a way that can give you the closed doors without uh, telling you that. But, you know, you, it, those are the ones that you don't ever want to have to, to say, but, you know, the... It, you know, we don't have any control of what we see, right? Or what we right. see or what we have to impart. But we, yes. we do have control on how we present it. Absolutely. And, and we're responsible. Yes, uh, yes. For how we say something to somebody. Yes. And then, and then there's, there's, there's a time where, where, well, I believe that I, I might know something. It, mm. it, it, it doesn't mean that I should tell them. Right, yeah. Um, and, and, and I can come up with, with, with many. Um, I can come up with many, many examples. You know, you were talking about South Africa. Um, one year I had a contract with South African Broadcasting mm -hmm. and, and, and I did a, a, a tour of South Africa appearing on the, um, the national uh, um, stations. What year was and that? 2003. Okay, I'd so left long ago. At the, yeah, yeah, it was after apartheid. Mm. And, and um, so the first show that I appeared on was a show called The Felicia Show. And, and this woman was 
the equivalent of Oprah um, mm -hmm. in, in all of Africa. She was just like really, really a big time star. The show was live TV and um, people were coming up to the microphone um, also asking questions. And um, just as we were about to go to a break, I saw a woman approaching the microphone and I said to Felicia, I whispered to her, see that woman there? Not her. Mm -hmm. And Felicia said, okay. Um, then um, I needed to get away. So when we went to a break, I, I just needed to get uh, a break from the, the audience. And I went backstage and had a drink of water and came back and sat down. And, and as the director uh, is counting down, I look over and who do you think's at the microphone? Right. That woman, right? And um, so, and Felicia directed right to her. And, and um, oh, by the way, I, the, the agreement I had with Felicia was I'll talk about anything, but no blood and guts and gore. Right. Right. I will not, I, it, you know, so, um, so Felicia said, oh, well, you have a question for Robert. And, and the woman said, yes, my 11-year-old daughter, she was a black woman, by the way, um, my 11-year-old daughter um, didn't come home three nights ago. Mm. Um, and when I saw what happened to her, yeah. um, there was absolutely no way. You could tell her. I would ever no. tell somebody such a thing. No. Um, and, and I told her I was very sorry that I, I, I couldn't help her. Mm -hmm. And I held that energy in mm -hmm. um, for the rest of the show. And, and, and I wasn't right for weeks after uh, because of holding the energy in, right? Yes. And, and I knew what I was doing at the time. So I, I, I was pretty sure what was going to happen. You know, so it's also irresponsible of the host when you already said not her, because you know she's now looking at ratings, well, right? And it's well, uh, you know it's that have respect for, for the people that are doing this, um, because if you, are, you don't want to read for someone, there is a very hmm. valid reason. Um, you know, it's you're not picking or choosing the easy ones. There's just the some things are private and they shouldn't be on there. Yes. And, and there's some things that you really, I mean, if, if it had been a private thing, you could have taken a hand and say, right. you know, this is the message. I, I don't know about you, but I get messages um, from people from beyond that, um, especially if they've died violently. Um, and then sometimes you can tell that message and it's comforting to them. But that is not a TV thing. That is a private thing. And that Absolutely. was irresponsible of the host. Um, well, she was looking for some kind of blood and guts and yes. gore, yes, or or to take advantage of somebody's misery, yes. And I assure you, it would have been misery. Yeah. Um, so, um, oh, by the way, I really have to explain the, the the reason that I said that the woman was black is because of the area that she was from and the likelihood of ever finding her daughter again was because of that particular environment at that time. Mm -hmm. okay, did just... you ever get to say anything or to the police or anything of what you've seen? No. So you don't even know what the outcome was? Oh, um, 
Yeah, the 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 people at the show told me. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I I saw it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is the thing we don't get to choose what we see, and you know, people don't realize. I mean, even if you've told somebody something, there are some things that are so hard to even say, or the fact that you've seen them, that it it can stay with you. It's not just a question you brush it off and on with the next. You know, you're you're empathic. Uh, that means you feel. You're kinesthetic, mm-hmm. and and it can stay with you. And it it could be very very hard sometimes with what we do see. Uh, um, I'm blessed with the ability to let most go. Mm-hmm. Um, th- th- there's big ones that that like like the one I just mentioned. Um, that'll, that, that will stay with me forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I finish a reading, um, I, I generally forget um, what I've said. But interestingly, when I speak with that person again and I tune into them, it, it all, almost always comes back. You're in that channel. That's the thing. Even, yeah. even 20 years later. Yeah. And, and I, I remember... Um, so, so sometimes if, if I can remember somebody's name, I do a reading for them and then bump into them the next day. If, if I can remember their, their, their name is a big deal. Yes. Or that I did a reading for them. Right. Because, uh, you know, I've, I've been doing this for 56 years for my living. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there's been more than 100,000 connections. So, um, it, it, I, so I'm blessed in that it, it usually doesn't stay with me. Right. The, the, the ones that stay with me are the errors mm-hmm. when I make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or, you know, been wrong, you know, been wrong. Um, th- th- they're the ones that will stay with me. Have you ever had, even I had a recurring um, a client and he I thought you were going to say nightmare. No, no, I've had those too. I've had those too, but a recurring client that was a nightmare. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we would always record my reading with right. him. And then one day I had the recording thing wasn't working. And I said, oh, I'll try another one. And I had three different types of recording things in the room and not any one of them would work. And I'd done another reading with him the week before and he said the recording hadn't worked. And uh, and I said, look, I'm gonna have to get my husband to look at why all the recording things aren't working. You know, call me next week and when we'll look at setting up another time. But I reiterated what I had said to him before that you can't avoid this path. You are, you know, you're at that crossroads, the choices that you make right now, then literally, you know, are the life and death. And um, I never heard from him again. My husband came home, tested all of the recordings, every single one of them was working. And so it was just was, for some reason, he wasn't meant to record it. I never did hear from him again. And somewhere down the road, so somebody got a message to me that he had died and they weren't quite sure when, but I knew he was at that crossroads and the decision that he had to make. But I don't know why the recording wouldn't work none of the recordings would work. So you get those strange ones and they feel kind of incomplete because, you know, why, why wasn't he allowed to hear it again? You know, you know, and all of that. Oh, okay. Um, I, I may, maybe um, I, I can add to that. So um, when you can see something, you can change it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. All right. So, so, and we have free choice and free will. We do. Most of the time. Now, there is something called destiny. Yeah. Destiny cannot be seen or changed. So that's the reason why it wasn't, re wasn't recorded. Right. That's right. So, so um, it's, 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 it's quite interesting that you were able to do a reading for him and give him that information. And then he just disregarded it and then, and then didn't get uh, the recording. So right. once again, so I, I had a similar but different kind of experience. Um, when when uh, Calgary, Alberta got the uh, Winter Olympics, who uh, was in the 80s sometime, th this, this young woman, I, I was in Toronto, this, this woman came, young woman came to me, it was just after the Olympics, she, she came to me for a reading. And it turned out that she was a producer of, of um, those games. And she rode her bicycle to, to uh, my house. And I did this really fabulous reading for her. And, and, and I remember feeling great about it and, and, and where her life was gonna go and et cetera. And, and, then, and then she left. The next night on the news, um, Lloyd Robertson did this obituary. Well, you, I know you're in Canada, so you know who Lloyd Robertson is. Yes. Uh, yeah, right. Lloyd Robertson does this obituary. I see the picture. It's the young woman I did a reading for the day before. I was stunned. Um, she rode her bike home, and on her way home, she got hit by a streetcar and got killed. And I thought, how could I have missed it? Yes. How could I? And it drove me nuts. One, you know, my ego, I, I, I could hardly wait for the next, the next show I was going to be on to, to you know, to defend that. Um, and, the, and the other one is, what did I cause? Mm. What have I done? Um, and I struggled with that for a while. And then, and then I, I, I then thought, well, okay, we have free choice and most times things happen at random and then sometimes things don't and those that are destined cannot be changed. And it was her time. Yes. And who's to say that reading wasn't kind of necessarily in the next lifetime? Or I don't know. Who, who knows? Yeah. Um, what, what, whatever. Um, or could have been an alternate reality. Yeah. Yes. Different dimensions. Right. Mm. Well, that's right. It, it, it could have been one of those as well. Yes. So. Um, do you do you get um, you know readings with people where you know that whatever's going on in their life, it's got nothing to do with this lifetime. It's the past lifetime that's interfering, trying to force its agenda on the present day person. I've never believed that theory. By the way, I've 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 experienced um, it. <laughs> pardon me. <laughs> so so I I've never believed that theory. Um, I, I, I believe that if, if, if 
such a thing were to happen, um, the, the purpose is would be to experience the opposite. Okay. Um, so here's my, my belief. Um, so in the overall scheme of things, there is no right, there is no wrong. Mm-hmm. There's experience. Right. And the rule with experience is what you do one way, you do equally the opposite. Um, which, by the way, karma is for every action. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, there, you know, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So um, when whatever decides for us to have an incarnation, wherever that comes from and and you call it anything that you want so a template is created and that template is um unique so so um sarah the your template is is unique there is no other sarah like you in the universe um there is no other robert just like me so that template contains absolutely everything that you're capable of experiencing, seeing, feeling, absolutely everything. And you have free choice and free will to experience anything you want inside the framework of the template. Mm -hmm. So um, for example, um, it's unlikely you could have played basketball in the NBA. Right. But you could play basketball. Mm-hmm. So okay, so you have free choice and free will to experience anything you wish inside the restriction of your temp or the boundary of your template. So you have free choice and free will there. And the only other rule is what you do one way, you'll do equally the opposite. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's how I I, I I see things. And and that's the you know I see that's the the, the first start of our our um our awareness and. and um, mostly we can do whatever it is that we want after that we have free choice that, that, that's how so I see it. we have the same template which i know i have I, I know when i first came here to the planet um and i have pretty well through every lifetime done this work in some form or other right and then i've gone through the persecution of doing this work and um, so all the collective lifetimes of memories that i've been through have come with me through each lifetime this particular lifetime for me has been a releasing of some past lifetime experiences and getting back on track of the work that i came here to do so that's the kind of past life i'm looking at is that you're living a life and you go you know the past has been dragged forward with you and i always say to people when you're going to exit this world make sure you've dealt with all your issues Oh, yeah. right? You go out with a clean slate because you don't want to impose this on the next lifetime. Sure. <laughs> so yes. looking at it from that point of view. And now, now from, from my point of view and, and in my work um, and the way I think as well, um, I can't solve big problems. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I can't do anything about a war. I can't do anything about a famine. What, what, what I can do, though, is, is, is help that person right in front of me. Right. And, and primarily, that, that's what my life has been about, um, focusing on using my abilities, my, my, my talent, my skills, um, Helping the person that, that that's in front of me. I, I, I don't want, uh, I'm, I'm not a, a leader. I'm, I, I'm very definitely not a follower. Um, I, I just simply, um, when, when the need is there, I do it. Mm-hmm. 
and and I, I have an instinct, and you would too. Um, my instinct is is uh, first reaction. What can I give rather than, or what can I do rather than what can I get? You know, that's my first yes. reaction, and um, it's 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 how I survived on the street. It's how I it's how I've survived my whole life. It's your core of you. Yes, and and it's um, helping that person in front of me. Um, for years, I never even kept records. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, for years, couldn't read either. So, or, uh, or, or right. So that that also um, had had part of it too. The thing is, I believe that everybody is given a gift, an instrument. We are here to learn how to use that instrument to the best of our ability, and then kind of find our orchestra to go and play that beautiful instrument. Um, we're not. You know, I channel in a different way to the way you do, you know, but there may be some crossing, cross channeling that we, we do. Um, that doesn't make anybody's um, particular gift any more valuable than the other. It's just a different way of using the instrument. And Absolutely. we are responsible for our instrument and how we use our instrument because that's our gift. You know, the words are competitive and comparison, you know, these are, are very detrimental. Um, C words, because the moment you go into that, you're going into the protection of your own ego, you're comparing against other people, you're competing against them, and you're not being yourself. And when you are uh, aligned with your core, which you were from a very, very young age, you knew this is what you had to do. How you were going to do it, where you were going to do it, to the extent you were going to do it was in your self-discovery. You were led to the cozy tea room where you really kind of founded that gift uh, and really channeled it into a way that this has been your life, life journey. Uh, as I say, you were very lucky to have embraced this gift so early and, and follow it. There are so many people that deny the gifts they're given because of uh, society's expectations of where they should be and what they should be doing. The cosmic two by four comes along at some point in their life and say, are you hearing me now? This is not your path. This is where you have to go and you have to go through the process to, to be true to yourself. But you're talking about the core value of yourself where you cannot have this gift and use it in a way, you know, people say to you, well, if, you, if you've got this gift, how come you, you don't, uh, haven't, haven't won the lottery? Oh, you it's have not, It's not, it's not, it's not. It's right, got right. nothing to do with that, <clears throat> is it? You know, that's it's, right. it's not, that's, right. <clears throat> that's an abuse of the gift. It's not what the gift was given for. Uh, it, very few people could do that anyway. Right. Um, I Maybe no one. Um, because that's not what the purpose of it to be used for. Right. Yeah. Now, now on the other hand, we do have the right um, when playing our instrument mm. to have a, 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 a good living. Yes, of course you do. Which so, again, some people think, well, you're spiritual. It's God's work. You shouldn't be paid. Yes, you should. You're a well, human absolutely. being. This uh, is the right. gift you're giving, and you should be paid your worth. Well, yes. Well, 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 that's right. Yes. And and um, when I was about 23, after I'd left the tea room, um, I had decided that if I was going to do this work, um, I had to live well. Yeah. And 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 I, I I really made that deal, 
And, and it was, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to live well. And if I'm not going to live well, I'm not going to do this job. Mm-hmm. And, and I've always lived well. Mm-hmm. I'm certainly not off. But that's the kind of the rich, right? agreements. I, but yeah, it's, it's not about the riches. It's about, you know, the living well. What does that mean? And again, society says, oh, you've got to have this big house and big car and, and this many likes and all of this type of thing. And, uh, and that is your value. That is your worth. It is not your worth. It is not your value. Um, you can live humbly and be living extremely well. Um, you know, and that's the thing is, uh, the material things can add to the comfort and ease of your life. I certainly love beautiful things, but when those beautiful things are there to just define you, then you've lost your track of, of who you are. Your biggest worth is who you are from the core out. Um, the picture behind me um, is a picture if, if I were doing a reading for you, that is what you would be seeing. That's a picture of the wall. Um, and in the chair, I guess, over my shoulder is, 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 is where I'd be sitting. That's what it looks like. Um, I, I, that's the standard, although most of that original art was given to me, mm-hmm. including that five and a half foot carved statue of the angel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that was a gift recently. That's um, yeah, it was um, carved in about 18, wow. somewhere between 1850 and 1865 and uh, lived in a, um, a cathedral in Belgium. And during the war, um, the cathedral was burned down and some of the artifacts were saved. And that was one of them. And somehow it made it to Canada. And then a friend of mine bought it years ago, and I coveted that. Mm-hmm. I, did, I did, knowing that I'd never be able to, um, ever be able to buy it. And uh, anyway, I just, he gave it to me as a gift. So it's really amazing. And, you know, that's the thing. Of, I love antiques. Mm-hmm. I know, and people say, it's just old furniture. And I said, no the energy in that furniture, oh. the stories in that furniture, the life in that furniture. It, it is, it's undescribable. So I love history uh, that's in things. About a million prayers. Yeah. Have been set around yeah. that angel. Yes. Without a, that, that angel had been around about a million prayers. Yeah. Like the energy in that. And yes. by the way, it's one piece of wood except for the wings. Mm. All one so and, and the energy out of that is absolutely is overwhelming. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, we're we're very much in a throwaway society where everything you know needs to be new and this and that. And is that I think one of the things that we don't have in life is appreciation or gratitude. And you know, if we stopped and breathed, you know, we we talked before the show about me just becoming a grandma, and um, I do a show every week myself, and I just did a piece on. On, on the, the beauty of birth. Um, and if we look at how difficult it is and how long it takes to bring a child into the world, and then the years of, of upbringing that, ch- that child, if we looked at that beautiful gift, could we, in that beautiful state of love, ever do any harm to that child? And, you know, it's the rebirth of ourselves that we have over and over again. It's where does this hate come from? Where does this discord come from? And I believe it comes from a disconnect from our heart and soul. 
Um, yes. And what would make that uh, disconnect happen would be somewhere in the DNA, someone mm. was abused. Yes. And, and from that being to the next generation to the generation after that, and each generation improves upon that violent dysfunction. I agree. There, yeah. there has, in, in, in all my life, I've never met a parent, including a parent who beat their children. I never met a parent, actually I met a bunch of those. Uh, I never met a parent whose goal was to hurt their children. Right. That was never what they planned. No. So um, at this stage in my life, what, what, what I can say is um, something went wrong. Um, they didn't mean they wouldn't have done that. Right. Something went wrong. And, and, and um, it usually is we do what we've been shown. Yeah, it's, I have a series called the Forgotten Children series and a Forgotten Children series book coming out soon. And, um, and I firmly believe through all the counseling and coaching I've done through the years and the shows that there are so many of us with an injured child inside. And that injured child that, is- That do this work? Sorry? I said, are you referring to people that do this kind of work? There's an injured child? Well, the, the injured child is, you know, whether the child has been neglected or of abused course, or course. forgotten. But there is, we all have a child inside of us that at some point was not listened to or was abused or was hurt. Right. And that child, it, it creates the dysfunctional adult because we're not taught to go in and heal that child. Absolutely. And if we did, then we would be more aware of our actions. And as you said, that knowledge of that we don't go out to hurt a child, but we do because that's what we know inside of ourselves. And if we dealt with what was inside of ourselves, it would, we, it would be a different reaction with, with, the, with our own children. About 15 years ago, maybe a little longer, I was doing a reading for, for a woman. And, and in, in her reading, um, it, it, it came out, that she she was um, a little harsh with her children, and um, so so remember my, my background. I, I I survived being beaten with a rubber hose and mm. skipping rope on the bareback. So so um, you know there's some issues with that for me. Yes. Um, so so I, I, anyway, I'm I'm doing a reading for for, for this woman, and and um, and then I realized she hit her kids and and. By the way, when, when I tune into someone, um, if I do, and, 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 and there's maybe reasons why I won't or can't, um, one of them is if when I start to tune in for, to someone, if I'm unable to feel love for them, mm. uh, I, I'm, not a bit, I'm not able to do a reading. Mm. Now, now, I can find someone or encounter someone who's a scuzzbag. But as I connect with them, I, I, I can see, I, I can feel a love for that person's uh, being. Mm. And, and, I can, and, and, and I can connect and, and be pretty objective and, and accepting, uh, not agreeing with any of the things that they've done, but accepting right. of them. Um, so with, with this woman, I was seeing her in that, in that light. 
And I, I brought up her hitting her children and, and I asked her how that she did it. And, and she, she told me that she used a paddle. And I asked her how old her children were. And, you know, there was like a, a seven-year-old and an eight or a 12. And I said, um, why do you need to have a weapon to control your children? Um, you're much bigger than them already. Mm. And I said, why, why do you hit them with it? And she said, because it hurts my hand when I hit them with my bare hand. And then I said to her, had you ever considered that it hurt their uh, bumps mm. with your bare hand? And the light went on. Yeah. She didn't associate that she was inflicting pain. And she started to cry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, um, you know, I've seen things like that. Yeah. Again, you sometimes know, you know, you, you know, you just got to get your hands dirty. You, you <laughs> have to do that. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know, you're given what you're given to tell them what they need to know. And sometimes what they need to know is a realization of something they're doing that is wrong. You know, you mm -hmm. are just the messenger, right? You know, it's, it is a form of counseling, spiritual counseling. Um, that's what I was, was a spiritual counselor. And I could only pass on, you know, what was given to me, what the message that you really needed to know. I could always interject you know, more um, skills and tools that maybe could help them through that. But it's, uh, this is a direct link from the divine, whichever you want to call it, God, source, energy, whatever you want to call it. And it's, uh, it's a message for people to help them see or understand or know where to go. Or sometimes sure. it's just a comfort. And, you know, I hate the terminology fortune teller. Oh, well, yeah. Good way um, to not get a reading from me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and, you know, I'm a reader, you know, I'm just a reader, you know, by God's design. And it's, it's, um, and I use it in um, ways now. I, 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 excuse me, I have to challenge that. Um, I think that um, while perhaps in your thinking God created the opportunity, you're the one that did the work. Oh, well, yeah. Okay, so so I, I I think you're giving God a little bit more <laughs> credit than 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 um, yourself, and 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 the reason that you're doing as well as you're doing is because you've done the work. True, it, it's a, right? it's it's a a meeting, isn't it? You know, I've done right. the human work so that the spiritual work. And my you know, dear mother used to say, "The good look." Um, um, sorry, I just forgot. Uh, she she used to say, um, uh, I forgot it. How's it going to come to you in a moment? It'll, you don't it'll, think about it'll, it. it'll, come, it'll, yes. it'll come to me in, in a moment, but oh, yes, the good Lord helps them that help themselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and the thing is, we do need to help ourselves. We do need to be selfish to the point of being abundant in our own selves because that's I, when I cut runoff over. I, I I would I think that um, like a gardener would love all the plants 
to do well. I think that if a branch or a tree died or a bush died or a plant died, the gardener would know in himself they created that life. Um, and that's just the way it happens. I think that God would be more like Don. Mm-hmm. Like a gardener. Well, I mean, aren't we all gardeners in some sense? Well, yeah. Planting a seed, we're all watering well, that seed. I use that know? example. Mm-hmm. Just, just that, just that. Um, we would be, we would be detached from it, although not. Yeah. Okay. It, it all it, depends, it would, but yeah. Yeah, we would, we would be detached from it because knowing that's the, that's the cycle, um, and and feeling that oh, you know, too bad we move longer, but but it wouldn't be like a big deal. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, because. Because, because you never know what what was coming next. So what no. what happens here, right? Um, then then gets balanced out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I mean, some people say, well, you know, you know, if you trust in the faith and you step out into the bliss uh, abyss, that blind, deaf, and dumb in order to see, hear, and feel, you know, you're just in God's hands. To allow, and I agree to allowing to a great deal. But there's nothing wrong in having a psychic or a reader show you the options you're a map reader you you know you you're able to say this is a good path that isn't a good path or pay attention to this person or whatever the case is it, it is just a, another skill and another tool to help you on your journey of life you know it's it's not sitting back and waiting for you know a, a amazon spirit to to bring to you but it is a, another tool and skill in your life that can help you navigate through your own life with a little more clarity um, like any counselor, like any uh, helper, um, yeah. whether it be a doctor, whether it be whether it be uh, um, a chiropractor, whether it be a massage therapist, whether whether it be um, a school teacher, um, that's part of our journey, learning all these things. Exactly, you know, and it's just a another way of just helping uh, ourselves to understand the path that we've taken. Now, tell me what path led you to the perfect predator, a scientist race to save her husband? Ah, well, um, I've been um, a psychic and working for a long, long time. And Stephanie Strate uh, is, is a, uh, has a PhD in, in epidemiology. Um, she's a professor at uh, California State University or Southern California University, and she's the associate dean of that department. And her husband Tom is also uh, has a PhD in experimental psychology. Um, he has a doctorate, a, a PhD in psychiatry, and there's a couple other PhDs. And um, he also is a professor there and associate dean of his department. I first did a reading for Stephanie just after she, just as she uh, finished her PhD. And that was over 30 years ago. And, and she had kept in touch with me and I had done readings quite regularly for her. And um, a little, so a few years ago, and, and I had done a few readings for Tom as well, her husband. And, and um, 
they were planning to go away on their uh, dream. They were going away on their dream vacation. A year before, um, I had done a reading for Tom, and and Tom, I would describe it like he's like six foot five, and and he's he's in his sixties now or seventies now, and he's reminded me of a um, a real life um, Indiana Jones type character. <laughs> And, and when he was on research in, in South America, he got kidnapped by the Sandinistas and was, you know, was, um, you know, held captive and almost starved to death. And, oh you know, God. he's been and he's gone in safaris and fought lions and in Africa, like really, really stuff that he's done. He's like that kind of guy. Um, so uh, anyway, he had ballooned up to over 300 pounds. And, and I did. I was doing reading for him. And, and I mentioned to him that there, there were some difficulties happening in organs that are, are, are lower in his body. And, and I said, now, in about two years from now, perhaps three, you're, you're going to be more than 100 pounds lighter. And then I said, um, before that, uh, what I've talked with you about in your stomach, there, there's going to be a really serious illness, and you will be as close to dying as you can without dying. Mm -hmm. um, and then you will live and you lose 100 pounds. And then I said, um, I'm not sure your destiny is being sick. I'm thinking your destiny is losing 100 pounds. So it's up to you. You you can listen to what I've said and take control or wait until you lose control. You can do it the easy way or the hard way. And they were my words. Um, I was a little softer than than that, even with them. Uh, and and it, it scared him for a week. You know, he lived on lettuce and grapes for a week and, and, and didn't change. Year later... Tom and Stephanie are on their dream one of their dream vacations, and and um, they're in Egypt, and they've been touring the pyramids, and Tom's starting to get sick, like really sick, and he gets some kind of infection. Then he passes out inside one of the pyramids. Wow. Then he goes to the hospital, and it turns out that he's got I don't know what the hell this is. It's called a pseudocyst on his pancreas supposed to be really serious. Uh, then what happens in Egypt, he catches the most potent superbug on the planet. And it was 100% antibiotic resistant. Oh, wow. That meant if you get it, you die. Right. Tom and was medevac to Germany and Stephanie were along, of course. And um, now I had been a, a relatively close counselor with Stephanie throughout the years. Um, so we, we had a, a, a good relationship. And I'm often um, sense my clients, if, if something's going on, I, I usually know when I'm going to hear from them. I don't reach out to them. I always, people have to reach out yeah. to me. Um, I don't reach out. Um, but 
so anyway, they get medevac to, to Germany. And by the way, this is in the book too. Um, Stephanie finally contacts me. And this was during Christmas, by the way. Um, Stephanie contacts me and I had the worst flu ever in my life during that time. So I was a little bit grouchy too. And, and, and she called on Skype and I said to her, I've been waiting for you. What took you so long? Mm-hmm. And but I meant it though, because I had been. And and um, anyway, she told me what was going on. And from that day onward, and I told her by the way, Tom wasn't going to die. Um, and from that day onward, uh, at first I thought that my job was to watch over and take care of Stephanie, but. Um, I realized that part of my job was also to take care of Tom. Mm-hmm. And this is where the, the real fabulous stuff comes in. I made a mental link with Tom when he was in a coma. And um, I knew what was going on with him 24-7. I knew uh, that he was going to live I thought of, I, I visualized the candle. Um, when the flame was strong and that was Tom's life force, I knew he was okay. Yeah. He wasn't dying, right? He was sick, but I knew he wasn't dying. Um, when the candle flickered, I knew he would be in, he was getting into trouble. I knew when his energy changed. As time wore on, I understood um, when his energy changed, how it changed, I was able to understand it would have something to do with his heart rate, or it would it would have something to do with with some other um, uh, uh, blood levels, and 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 then I got to the point where I was anticipating stuff like mm. that, and then I got to the point when I was describing and not see I don't have any background in medical things, um, so I was describing things in the way I see them and using my my terminology and my slang. And again, in the book, what also turned out is that I was often about three days ahead of the doctors. Mm. And what would happen is when the doctors were explaining things to Stephanie, they would use the same expression that I would have used. Right. Um, when one time I said to Stephanie, now, Stephanie, you really have to look after yourself. This isn't a sprint. It's a marathon. The specialist said to the very same, use the very same analogy to her. And, and things like that happened all through that period. Now, I also have to, you know, make it clear. I'm not the star of the show. Mm-hmm. OK, I'm not the star. Um, I had a role. And the role that I played had I had it not been played by somebody, mm-hmm. Tom would have died. Mm-hmm. Okay, he would have died. Uh, and there were three times for sure. Um, but I'm still not the star. I, I'm, I'm still like uh, um, uh, I, I'm part of the, the, the process. So Stephanie decided that she wanted to. Oh, another example of, of with Tom. Uh, when I talked about the flame, that there was one time I saw the flame, like the flame was flickering, like really flickering. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I and I said to I said to Stephanie, Tom has to see his children. Um, he, he's cold. He's in the dark. He doesn't know where he is. He's sick. He hurts and he's letting go. He needs to see his children. 
And and um, he, Seth, and he said, well, when? And I said, yesterday was a good day. Today is a good day. Tomorrow's not so good. And if you wait later, don't bother. Mm-hmm. That night, his daughter showed up. And there was a marked improvement in, in um, Tom's being, Tom's state. And he writes about not exactly how I'm describing it, but he writes about what he was going through at that time, and then his daughters arrived. Right. And and what's significant about that, because Tom's a scientist too. Right. And, and what's significant about and, and, and a guy who's a doctor of psychiatry, he believes now that sometimes when people are in comas, they can hear. It's yes. irrefutable. Yes. He did. Yes. And, yes. and and the psychic brought it out. And, and Tom is verifying it, the patient lived. So um, that was part of it. Yes. So, um, I, so I knew where he was at uh, and what was going on. And I lived that way um, for 24-7 for months. And also, uh, there was an energy link from him to me. Where, where I was sending energy to him 24-7. And I was wearing out. Because mm. I was living this 24-7 as well. Yeah. And um, anyways, there was one point where Stephanie said, um, we have this friend who's a healer, and we're going to get him to help. Next day, having a meeting with Stephanie, I just said, what was that? Something just happened with Tom. Write down the time. Something really important happened. And Stephanie thought I was telling her Tom died. And what had happened was Martin had tuned into Tom at that very moment. And that was the very first time I ever met somebody do, doing that kind of work. That was just, wow, I've never done that before. And Martin knew that I was there too, which was just absolutely, I've never experienced that. Mm-hmm. So anyway... Stephanie decided that she was going to find the cure. And it, this is a collaborative for, uh, group of scientists around the world looking for the cure for this, this um, superbug. Nobody had ever survived it. Um, and uh, let's see. And, and by the way, a lot of the doctors thought Tom was going to die. He went into septic shock seven times. Wow. Uh, it was, he was really sick. And uh, anyway... Um, Stephanie narrowed it down to three different um, ones. And by the way, I had meetings with her every day. Mm-hmm. And, and she brought up the random by me. And I wasn't the only one giving information. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, she had scientists and, and, and experts from everywhere in the world. And she told me she had three that she had to, that she was going to uh, choose. And there was only a chance. You had to get the right one or Tom yeah. didn't have enough. She says to me, um, I've narrowed it down. The first one is something called phages. I'd never heard anything about that. And I just said, that's the one. Mm-hmm. And she said, uh, well, let me tell you about the other two. And I just said, well, that's the one. And she said, um, please, let me tell you about the other two. And she told me about the other two. And I said, the first one. And she said, why? Mm-hmm. And I said, because it looks like little Pac-Man. 
mm-hmm. going after the superbug and eating it. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of them. And she said, that's exactly what it does. Mm-hmm. And on that, plus all the scientific right. Right, research, she made her decision. Phages. Phages experiment were done in Russia in the 1930s and through the late 20s, 30s, and into the very early 40s. And <coughs> they were curing um, 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 bowel and intestinal illnesses by injecting phages into the body. Phages in modern day comes from sewer water and its excrement. And what they were doing back in those days in Russia was was injecting um, raw um, excrement into people's bodies. And the theory was that the healthy bacteria would kill the bad bacteria. Mm -hmm. And there was a considerable amount of research done and there was some there was some success. And then then penicillin came along. And then, you, you know, people had to have the choice of a turd or a pill, and they took the pill. And that was the end of that study. And um, since there's been um, anti, uh, um, um, antibiotic-resistant superbugs coming along, they started doing phage research. So that's how it happened. And a collaboration of scientists, as well as um, the American Navy, the American Army, the FDA, um, all got together, created a miracle. Tom was in, injected. He was about three, five hours away from death. Mm-hmm. Um, he was injected with phages, and within like two or three moments, his his, his um, um, vital signs started to get stronger. And then and then like an hour later, they injected him again. He got stronger and stronger. And uh, the next morning when Stephanie was with him, he had been injected, and this guy had been in a coma for months. Um, he, uh, he, he, came, he came out of his coma and, and looked at her, saw her, and then fell asleep, not a coma. And he never went back into a coma again. And it was um, the phage therapy. It changed the world way of treating some diseases right it's always one of those cases isn't it you know and it It the the thing is the science is absolutely wonderful but you need that intuitiveness and the fact that you were kind of working with tom and you were kind of proceeding it wasn't kind of i was (laughs) yeah exactly and you were proceeding kind of you were a step ahead right and so in being a step ahead you can kind of let them know you know Absolutely. what was coming up Absolutely. so uh and for scientists to work with with people like yourself mm. uh, a lot of scientists now realize that people who, who are of spiritual nature are just working on a totally different frequency they can measure the hertz of which you're working on and they understand it from that scientific point of view mm. a lot of scientists wouldn't work with mm. uh, with other people it's the science or nothing but merging the two you, now you've got the whole picture and you've got the whole energy behind it. Well, I was I was so aware of that. And, and at the very beginning, I realized I realized the position that, that I was given. And what was what was absolutely amazing about this is Stephanie has the, the, the memory of 
like Sheldon Cooper, you know, and it, it's unbelievably. Um, and every day she would critique me of what I had been saying, like, and 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 um, I I always knew I was good. Um, that event caused me to rise to the greatest that I'd ever been. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, everybody that was involved reached higher level, higher state yeah. in their profession. Um, well, I mean, that was really kind of what it was about. Yes. Right. And I, I was really humbled when, mm -hmm. when I saw, I never made any big errors. They were always really small, minor ones. I never missed any of the big stuff. And I was getting that feedback every day. Um, it was it was the greatest learning experience of my life. Um, it, now, it didn't come free. Right. Um, it took a huge amount out of my body yes. for more than a year. Mm -hmm. And 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 I my equilibrium equilibrium was thrown off. I had three terrible falls. Um, I fell back. I was carrying a dog down the stairs. I fell backwards and I broke four ribs. And then just after that, um, I was running with one of my dogs and I tripped and fell and broke my shoulder. And then like um, six weeks later, I tripped and fell and bashed my head on the floor. And then like a month later, two months after that, I got, I, I got hit. I got rear-ended in a car accident. So my body went through um, terrible hits. You needed someone and to realign you. As well as um, I lived through some of the most powerful times of PTSD mm. that I'd ever experienced. Well, you'd mm -hmm. been in his body feeling what he was feeling. Right. right. So, you right. know, I mean, obviously, you two of you can talk of, and totally relate to one another afterwards. Right. Because you right. were there you know, it wasn't That's a question. Right. You were witnessing it. You no, were I was, feeling I was, it. I was, going I was through it with him. I never realized that was what was going on. Right. And um, it wasn't until, you know, Tom Stephanie and I appeared on a podcast. We never got together, the three of us, and talked about mm. uh, what we went through. And it was during that podcast when I was hearing about, about Tom's PTSD afterwards, I thought, that's what I was looking through that yeah. year. It, you know, it was, it was um, a real commitment on, on, on my part. Mm. Um, well, you were immersed in it. And yeah. as I said, you were the conduit, you were the person, the kind of say, you're on the right track, you're on the wrong track. This is, you know, this is what I'm seeing. Right. But right. you weren't, you weren't just the observer. You were literally feeling what he was, was going through. That's well, right. So, I mean, this is, you know, one of the, they say, you know, we're the healer that they have to be extremely careful in, you know, is that you're going into the body to help heal it or um, observe it, but you've got to make sure when you come out that you leave it behind. And of course you hadn't been trained in that, you know, your, your and, path had been totally different. That, that's right. And the, the other thing is, is that, is that I'd never experienced that. Um, and I didn't expect that I would, it, it just, it just all of a sudden happened. Yeah. Okay, you know, it was it was like here, here's the job. It's take it or leave it. Yeah, it was it was one of those, and 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 um, I, I'm really glad that I did. And if I what I went through 
if if somebody would have, would, have, would have said to me, okay, you're gonna have the greatest learning experience of your life. You're gonna learn more about your, your awareness. You're gonna expand your awareness greater than at any other time, but this is what you're gonna go through after. Yeah. I would have took it. Yeah. I would have done it. Well, um, I mean, that's the thing that life is about experience. As you said, every single person involved with that was heightened by the experience. Absolutely. Every single body's, you know, gift became, you know, more profound and more poignant. And, uh, you know, that's the thing. Sometimes it's the resistance is futile. You need to go through this, how, however confusing or, or, you know, detached it feels at the time, because it will be explained later. Sure. You, you were doing it for a friend. You were doing it because there was a need there, but you had no idea you know, what the end result, not only what it did to you physically, but also mm -hmm. the elevation of understanding and even opening up your channels to an even greater mm -hmm. level. Absolutely. But, but, but it's changed the way the world has yeah. started treating right. um, many things, yes. in, including cancers. Mm -hmm. Now um, they're doing experiments with a, a, another substance that that's that's capable of, of of attacking a cancerous tumor and eating it. Yep. And and that that research started as a result of the phages. Right. To you know to be a part of something like yes. that um, is is a such a blessing like a privilege, and you know I got the call. It was mm. it was. You know, anybody well, could have got it, but it was just, it, I guess they, it was they, my turn. It right? was your was, number, right? They got right. your number. I got, I got, that's right. I, my number came up. <laughs> there, there, there were a lot of, there's a lot of people in the world that could have done that. I, I, I just uh, locked out. And, you know, that's the thing about it is, um, you know, I've had some extraordinary experiences and, and the thing is, is not to question them. You, you know, you're going through them for a reason. Uh, you don't even go the why while you're going through it. At the end, you know, the epiphany will happen. Um, and sometimes it's not straight away. You know, mm -hmm. it, as you said, like it's only when you're on the podcast that you heard what he was saying that you realize that's what I'm going through. Yeah, you know, I lived right. what you were living. You know, yeah, I was in there, mate. You that's know, right. so, that's, that's right. Um, but it also, as I said, beyond the fact of you know, what is what has happened with the science and, and the spiritual world, uh, the, the particular drug now that is now being used in other things. It's opened you up even more in your channeling, because that's what you are as a reader, you're channeling um, to even even to greater lengths and greater depths. Um, and it's uh, it's actually, you know, it can be a curse, but it is a gift. Uh, the curse is the year that you had to go through because it's really, really, really important that your equilibrium is in balance. And it's very easy for a psychic's um, balance out, you know, when you have an experience that can throw you out. And so you needed someone to help put you back into balance there. Um, right. And that means that sometimes as a psychic, you have to take time out and say, no, this is me time. I can't do anything for you until I've rectified me. Well well, my, 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 well, I worked during that time, but, but, um, my, my body, um, mm. was, was in too much pain. I had, I had to pay attention to it. Yeah. Um, and once again, I, while I didn't actually know what the side effects mm. would be, I never really had 
an experience like that, right. um, I, I didn't consider it. So it was all, as I said, it was all, it was all, you know, one day, uh, every day was a new, new experience. Yeah. And, and I, I, I was prepared in, in, in my awareness of how to do it. Uh, I, I wasn't necessarily prepared in the experience of um, taking care of me while I was doing it. Right. Yeah. I did, but minor league stuff. Yeah. But because I'd never done anything that big before. Well, and you know, most most healers in that way. Right. And and most mm-hmm. healers are going into the situation and may work with someone for a short period. They're coming out doing what they need to do. You were sure. immersed in it for a year. Right. Right. Oh so yeah, lived it, lived it every exactly. day. Exactly. So you know, if there was no kind of night. time out, you know, you were there all the time. So I walked the floors at night. Yeah. Um, and 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 as I said, Stephanie had you know twenty four seven access to it. And um, one time she called me. I was walking. Through. Have you ever been to Toronto? I know. I know yes, I have. On- I. I- Tried living there, but the minus Didn't 36 work. I couldn't do. So, yeah. In Toronto? Well, you must have been here on a bad day. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> but but um, uh, so, you know, we have the Toronto Islands. Um, and, and I was trying to remember why I was going to talk about the Toronto Islands. I forgot now. Okay, it'll come to me again. <laughs> I forgot. It was, it was something about what we were talking about, but I, I, I just forgot now. Um, anyway, it'll, it'll come back. Yes, it'll come back when it needs to. No, um, that's right. You know, the, the fact also that you, you didn't just go through the experience. It wasn't just the science and everybody that was involved that had, you know, great learnings from this. Um, but it was also the fact that you've now put it in a book. And this well, book, I didn't. You know, I, it's not my book. It's it's Stephanie and and Tom's book. And, and they write it and they, ha- they had a, a writer work with them mm-hmm. as well. And and this what isn't a self-published book. This is was was mm-hmm. by a um, a big publishing company, and and they won awards for that book. And and um, it's like a heavyweight book. Yeah. I only get to be mentioned in it about twenty six times or something. <laughs> well, I mean, but, just look at how that's opened up because we as human beings kind of think, oh, you know, I don't know what to do because there isn't any information. And then when something like this comes up and you open up and there's Absolutely. a realization, there's a connection, Absolutely. there Absolutely. is, I, I firmly believe there is always an answer. Uh, and it is, right. are we ready to listen? Are we ready to go through what we need to go through to find what that answer is? And what does that answer mean when we do find it? How do we apply it? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's less about getting stuck in the question and being willing to go through the experience to discover what the answer is. Yes. Okay. I agree with that. Um, the other experience that, that was very much different is that um, my connections with people are generally quite short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people come to me for a reading um, and, and somebody comes to me regularly for a reading, but, but uh, not every day and certainly not every day for a year. Right. And, exactly. and so I, I've never had that e- yeah. experience most people just come to me uh, and I work with them and, and, and then they leave. Um, I, I had never had that, that um, same connection like I'd had with them. Um, yeah, and also with the short readings, you can shake it off. When right. you're immersed in something for a year and you're literally feeling his pain and everything he's going through, there is no shaking it off. You were, you were right. in it. You were in yeah. the mix. And yeah. so 
yeah, I mean, it takes a while to, to come out of that. You know, I've had a few experiences I shouldn't have had and it kind of shakes you up and it takes mm -hmm. a while to kind of get that equilibrium. But what I do understand though is the equilibrium. I'm also one that has had some ridiculous falls, <laughs> you know, right. and I know it's, I'm, I'm out of sync. I'm out of balance, right. not just physically, right. emotionally, spiritually. And you have to do whatever you need to do to get back into alignment because otherwise, you know, you're going to keep tripping <laughs> more ways than one. <laughs> and well, you know, what we talked about or, or what I spoke about earlier, um, I, I haven't really been focused on consciously uh, becoming more spiritual or, or evolving. Um, what what I've just been focusing on is um, giving service and helping that person in, in, in the moment. Yes. And, and, and it isn't just limited to when I do readings. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's a whole part of my life, um, give, giving service. And um, one of the ways I survived on the straight was helping other kids yeah. um, on the street. And uh, uh, for example, I would go to a restaurant and, and ask if I could uh, wash dishes uh, for something to eat. And, and I, would, that, I would almost get, always get something to eat. And then I would, I would start sharing it with people and then, then they would be around me. So I, I was constantly caring for people to eat. Even as a child, it, yeah. it, it's just my instinct. Yeah. It's, it's my calling. Yeah, that's and you what I've been focused on. Right, N nothing much beyond it. Mm -hmm. And you well, would certainly not, take yeah. them beyond it here. But yeah. um, you know that that's the thing too. That was probably a message to you is that you know don't limit yourself to what you do and do well. It was time to expand out and see what more you can do. Sure. All right. So um, we're always given those lessons. You know, it's uh, mm -hmm. I'm I'm a person that uh, I don't know if I can do it, but I'm going to give it a try. And if it's meant to be, it will be. And if it doesn't, then it was just a lesson learned along the way. What I've been learning since I've been doing uh, podcasts and, and, and Michelle um, encouraged me mm -hmm. uh, to do. And, and from, I think, um, August 11th to, and, and I was in semi-retirement because a big part of my career was, was traveling and appearing on radio and TV shows around the world. Um, and I just stopped doing that. And Michelle encouraged me that I should. And um, I tried doing a show once and I thought that was great. And so since August 11th to, to now, which is, um, I think it's about 31 weeks, I, I've been on 26 podcasts yeah. talking about um, all the stuff that we're talking about. It's, it's really wonderful. And, and what it does for, for people who are listening is that we're in a wake up time. You know, the third dimension is, has literally been severed and we're in a wake up time where people need to wake up to this beautiful energy out there. They need to wake up to the abilities that they have. They need to wake up to their contribution, you know, connecting with the heart, soul and their spirit. And the more that people like yourself talk about it, this wasn't an occupation you chose. It was chosen for you right in from birth and this was the path that you listened to you didn't go off on another path of expectation that's probably because you left right. home 
right? right? You, and you chose yeah. your own path. You listened into the path and the gift that was given to you. Had you stayed at home, no, you've got to go to university. You've got to go and do this. You've got to go and do that. And people go off on the, you've got us, instead of following their path. The fact that you've done it for so long, you know, has been because you, you listened and you paid attention. And what we're mm -hmm. asking people to do right now, please pay attention to that gift that's tapping you on the shoulder. Please open up to the wonders of that energy, to the possibilities and the incredibilities that are out there because they're there to be experienced. Don't be afraid. Don't let the, the supernatural movies scare you into what really how beautifully divine that spiritual love really is and what it means to us as a human nation, um, as a society. Yes, I agree. <laughs> So that's why you're doing all these podcasts. <laughs> that's right. Education. That's right. <laughs> well, one of the things I was going to say is that um, what's been so special about them is, is I realizing how much I know. And, and that, that's been great. Um, that, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, um, becoming aware of how much I know. Well, actually, I still know a whole lot more than I'm not really in touch with yet or back in touch with yet and that, that's been fun and, and it will come out as it needs to right and that's the thing yes. you know when you are a channeler when you're doing a read you're in doing your thing and as i said you come out of it but every single time you're doing something it's more knowledge that's layering and layering and layering right. and you don't really understand the magnitude of the knowledge that you really have until it's called upon and you're being called upon right now to share that knowledge because it is an enlightenment for others, for, for you know, other people who maybe have become psychics and readers, you know, for other people of, um, needing healers, for other people who are really needing to understand that the messages are always there. You just need to find the person who can see them and get them to you. Right. Um, that, that, that's right. Um, so... <laughs> So many people tell me I, I'm a channeler. Um, I don't really care if I am or I'm not, right? I really don't. Um, I would say, no, I'm not, but maybe I am. Maybe. Because um, once again, I'm, I'm focused on what, what's in front of me. Yeah. So um, when I do a reading, interestingly enough, um, I tell people, don't interrupt me. Mm-hmm. And when I do a reading, I, I start off the exact same way. I, I, I start off saying the date. And the reason I say the date is because um, I move forward and backward in time so much. During the day, I sometimes lose track of where I am. Right. And when I do a reading for somebody, I often see their life from conception to completion. And once again, I'm going backward and forward and, and I lose track of where I am. So um, I start off with a date the, and, and I only ask the person two questions. Um, how old are you now? And what month is your next birthday? I don't want to know what day. I just want to know the year they were born and, and how many years they have so that I can find where they are in time. Right. So, so I start off and I say the person's name, the date, their name, my name, 
And then, and then um, I start off with saying, and then I say, here we are today in March 2000, March 30, 2021, psychic reading for, and then um, I have one other thing I say, and then I just start with the reading, and 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 I just start off, and sometimes I will start talking about the future, but other times I'll be I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the past. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I'm constantly moving forward and backward. And when I'm dealing with somebody who is in a really serious crisis, what I do is, um, I go forward in time, say to about when they're 83, um, from the position of age 83, I look back through their life and I describe to them what they feel at 83 about how they're handling the situation that they're in mm. and how they feel about it later. And well, I'm not sure I know anybody that does that, but, but no, what that unique. does is tell somebody you made it. Yeah, you're safe. Mm -hmm. No matter no matter where you are, no matter how scared, no matter how deep, no matter how long you've been underwater, you made it. Mm -hmm. And and um, what I've also learned to do in, in my work is um, I own, I tell somebody um, something to their ability to believe it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if I tell them something they don't believe, mm -hmm. it'll never happen. Right. Because they don't believe it. Yeah. So, so what I do is I look at something um, and tell them to that degree of, in, the, in that level of their um, belief. Yeah. After I demonstrate that, then I talk about, however, if you stay on that path, mm -hmm. this is, could be, and that keeps it. Uh, fresh in their in 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 their thinking, mm -hmm. rather than rather than oh I could never do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I show yeah. them they can, and then then I show them. And after, if you want, you can keep going. And and that's how I give information. And um, I often describe to somebody right now what they were going through when something was happening to them at six years old i'll first of all talk about i'll first of all talk to them about that that age and and um then i'll come back to now and then i'll talk about what they were experiencing at that time as well and and that's often my concept in in, in how i see time mm -hmm. and what i've learned is is um is is to when, when people are coming to me, they're often frightened and, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and their mind is frozen. And, and what I do right away is get them to start looking at something uh, past the now and, and into the future. And, and as soon as you can get them thinking about the future, um, their, their uh, brain slows down and they start to relax. Yeah. How do people get a reading from you? I mean, how would, oh, well, they can just contact me on my website, 
um, and contact me. Um, I handle a lot of the apartments. I have a, an assistant now because I've gotten so busy again. But uh, call me on my, contact me on my website. It's uh, robertlindsaymilne.com. And then we'll set up a reader. And uh, Robert Lindsay is an easy name to remember, but uh, Milne, Milne is, yeah. is M-I-L-N-E. Like, like in uh, the guy who wrote Winnie the Pooh. All right. <laughs> Any relation? <laughs> uh, you, you know, uh, you know, an eighth cousin, three times removed, or something. Right. Um, I was the Scottish side. He's the English side. All Not right. that there's a difference. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, you know, as I say, I don't do too many readings anymore because I am very immersed in this, and it, it comes out in a different way now. Um, but. I, I understand the benefits of it. I understand how it's helped so many people because very often we're so caught up in the emotion of the now that there is no form of clarity or ability to see any steps moving forward. And, you know, somebody who has that ability to read and, you know, look at the past, look at the future, look at the now, they, you know, they can show you the possibilities and the steps and moving forward. As is very often you're a map reader and they've got to walk it. You know, all you're doing is telling them what their options are, what they do with it is up to them. Absolutely. That's correct. It isn't like, oh, you told me this and it hasn't happened yet. No, I told you what was possible. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. It's your action that's going to make it probable. Absolutely. And um, and I explain to people, you know, I, I say, I, if I had my choice, I would like to talk to you and there's only wonderful things going on in your life. And I, I just, and I, and I really wish the best for you. Yeah. And I really want you to make all the correct decisions, but what I want for you is irrelevant. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and it's my job to give you the information for you to decide what you want to experience. Exactly. You're just giving them some clarity. Absolutely. From Absolutely. there, they make their own choice. Absolutely. Right? That simple and, as that. And, and, and I make that very clear. And I hold very little guilt um, for the last 20 years of my work um, since I fully understood that concept. Mm-hmm. Um, the other 36, um, there might be some tinges of guilt back there somewhere. <laughs> Uh, I mean, this the thing is, don't shoot the messenger. You know, you're there. You you can see the bigger picture. You can tell them what it is, uh, what steps would be favourable, but they have got to walk them in their own clarity. Um, and then, with that information, it's then their choice of what they do with it. You know, don't come back and shoot the messenger. Don't sit back and wait for the Amazon delivery. It it is for you to be proactive in your own life, um, but you just have the ability of being able to show them what is beneficial for them, that clarity so they can make a better choice uh, and take the right steps forward. And that's how I always looked upon my readings for This wasn't the paint by numbers. You go and do, or this is going to happen and all of that. It is, this is the possibility. But these are the steps that you need to take to live up to that possibility. And it's up to you whether you walk them or not. And that is a really... A whole responsibility. How do you? How does that come through? How, how do? How do you see that? No, you, Mike. Like, 
Yeah, I'm asking you from like one professional to another. How, how, how do you see that in your head or, or do you? You mean, how do I see how it's laid out? Yeah, well, what you were, you know, discussing the information that you were giving to people. How, how, how do you, how do you see it? Where, where does it, does it happen here? Does, does, does it just, does it just here? Um, it's like a movie. Is it? it is like, yeah. Where, where is the movie playing? Wherever their scene is. <laughs> I mean, it's, okay. it's, it's coming I, to me visually I mean, and audibly. In, in, and, uh, okay. and, and sometimes and I never get a verbal message without a visual message with it. So it's almost mm -hmm. like they're always in a scene somewhere. I am seeing them okay. in a scene somewhere. Sometimes I can see an entire movie. Sometimes it's just scenes from the movie. But I'm always seeing them in a setting. In seeing it, is it knowing what it would look like but have it as a feeling when it's somebody giving me a message for someone it's yeah. their vision of what they want the others to see okay when i'm reading for someone um you know what it's like you can see where they're at right now and it's confusion right. and chaos you can see where those possibilities are of that clarity i can give them the visual of what is there um, right so do you it, have the visual of it or, I, for or me you, i can't actually works. i can't hear the auditory without the visual right. okay. it's a package deal with me oh, okay so it's right. never just words it's always a visual with the words for me um it's generally knowing yeah it is but it is a knowingness that transforms through the eyes lens I, and the I auditory not, i i i not i don't necessarily actually see Mm. I, I just simply know yeah. um, when, 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 when I tune in, I, uh, the words come through. Now, the other thing is that when I'm doing readings um, and I ask people, please don't interrupt me because yes, you're in a flow. what I'm saying isn't necessarily what I'm thinking about. Mm. What I'm thinking about and what I'm saying are often different. Right. So what I'm saying is already thought about mm -hmm. and what i am about to say is being processed yeah and at this stage is so for me imagine um four um tv screens on the wall each one having a different channel yeah so one channel is is, is what i've said another one is what i'm about to say the other one is what i'm i'm thinking about long term and the fourth one could be what am I thinking about? I'm going to do after the reading, and 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 they're all playing at the same time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I understand that one very very well. Yeah. Okay. And I've also as a as a feeler, as yeah. an empath, a kinesthetic, yeah. I'm actually feeling what I'm saying and seeing and everything yes. as well. So yes. you know, if it is something that's painful to see, I'm I'm feeling that pain along Absolutely. with it. Me, I'm, I, me too. Mm. But I'm, I have to I'm shift forward. It to yeah, see how to get right. out of that pain and right. you know the different picture right. and um and as you said it, it goes backwards forwards this words you know there is no you know beginning middle and the end it gives you in snippets right. that you also have to make sense of so i'm seeing it i'm hearing it i'm feeling it and yeah. uh, i'm not thinking it sure yeah well you see i'm conscious and thinking of it um now my personality is 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 different to a degree when I'm doing readings, um, but not extremely different. But 
I, 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 I wish I could always be in that state because because that is when I yeah. am at my my best. Um, in your truth. <laughs> yeah, yes. and it, it it it's a tough place to be all the time. Yeah. Uh, but um, it is it, quite glorious. Yes. Um, I forgot what I was going to say about that too. There's something else. Um, well, it's so peaceful in there too. I mean, yeah, it's your own um, clarity, you know. Yes. So, so when when I'm I'm doing reading, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. It was something, but anyway, whatever. There was. <laughs> I've, I've been thinking about. It, it's really nice to speak with you because I, I don't usually talk with someone um, that knows how we do it. And like the way I asked you about how you were seeing it, mm. uh, I, I, I was just curious since, since how we, we the, it is somewhat similar. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I call it the knowingness, what I need to know when I sure. need to know it. It's when I engage, you know, my, my soul and my heart resonates with it. My spirit goes into action and the mind will know what it needs to know when it needs to know it. And when I'm ever channeling and in that form of reading, I'm, Sarah's not thinking at all. Everything that's coming okay. out of me is channeling what I'm seeing. I'm relating. Okay. Right. And so it is, it's, Sarah's not really there. I mean, I'm there, I'm conscious, but it's not right. my thoughts. It's not my perception. It might be my perception of understanding what I'm seeing that I can relate. But very often it, it's just what I am seeing, I am relating. Um, but yeah, it, I understand. Yeah, it, there's no intellectualism in there. It's all, you know, it's all intuitive. It's the divine intellect, not the academic. <laughs> okay. Um, remember what, what I said just before we went on the air. Um, we, we do the same thing. We just talk about it differently. Yes. Yeah, you know, I, I was, um, yeah, we, we, we do it the same way. We, we, we just talk about it differently yeah. and, and similar concepts too, which, which has been nice to yeah. experience. And I, as and I said, I not do not be a competition. Oh, comparison and competition. I don't want to hear this words. Don't want to hear them. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, this is my instrument. That's your instrument. Well, you know, well, very no. often we play the same tune, but we may right. play from a different, or we may play the same instrument in a different right. way. Neither one yeah. is wrong. It is just a different piece of music. That will, other people will relate to. Yes. Yeah, um, I, I, I wrote something on, on my website re recently. Um, in doing some podcasts, I've, I've, I've heard the words um, uh, charlatan and, mm -hmm. and fraudulent um, a lot. And it's been my experience, and I've, I've met a lot of people that do this work. I haven't met very many frauds. There is the occasional one, but most people that do this work genuinely believe that they're doing good. Yes. It's just that not everybody plays in the NBA. Exactly. That's all, right? Yes. Not everybody makes it into the big leagues. Right. You know, there's got to be minor league players. So there are some that aren't very good. Now, that would be 
not fraudulent. That would just be lousy at doing readings. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. And, and when you think about it, um, what are readings cost? 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, 300 bucks. Well, so the person does a lousy reading. Even if they're having a bad day, um, they're, they're not very good, uh, they're stupid. Regardless, it's not fraud, it's, it's a lousy reading. Yeah, exactly. And everybody has a lousy day at work. Exactly. And you know, I've interviewed many, many a person who, who may be a channel or people that speak through them or do readings in a different way. That is their way. You know, that is their style. I can't do their style. I don't do it that way. I do Sarah. You know, I do what's being given to me as you do what's being given to you. And it really comes down to who do you relate to? Who do you feel well, a synergy with? Exactly Where's that right. energy connection? You know? So, so for example, being psychic has nothing to do with being intelligent. Right. It comes from a di very different part of Absolutely. Your you can be really stupid and be psychic. Oh, well, I mean, as right? far as my education is concerned, I am. Well, because I never finished school and, and I, you know, I academically. Think uh -uh. <laughs> yeah. I think in kindred spirits uh, in that in that category too. Mm. You know, I I completed grade eight. You know, I had three 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 once three months of, of, of high school. That was you know I, yeah. my only grade. Yeah, so so I, I I can relate to that. Um, but there are some psychics who are smart. Some are okay. Some are stupid. Well, somebody who's really smart would have a lot of trouble mm. tuning in and connecting to somebody who's stupid. Yeah. Because you don't see things on the same level. Right, exactly. From the same the perspective. The energies don't match. Absolutely. <laughs> right. So, so um, I got to be careful I don't get into trouble about this. So people, birds of a feather flock together. So yeah. those that, that can work with this type um, they're around the gift service. And, yeah, and it's the energy begets energy. When you feel someone's energy, right. you feel a synergy. That means you're Absolutely. open to receive. You can't Absolutely. work with people whose energy is just, you know, no matter if coming to you closed off because of, Absolutely. you know, out of Absolutely. fear is different, but coming to you completely registering on a total different frequency. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. You know, how do you channel in? How do you tune in to, to that and, wavelength? <laughs> And it is numerically impossible yeah. to be able to relate to everybody. Um, yes. In fact, in fact, about 25% of the world's population, you actually have absolutely nothing in common with. Right. Nothing. Um, and, but then there's the 25% of the population that you have tons of things in common yes. with too. So, so um, Maharishi says, Speak, well, a bit more modern, speak to the person in the language they understand. Exactly. And yes. sometimes you may not be able to speak that language. Yeah, I'm a true colors coach. That is the four different perspectives, you know, of understanding. I always try and represent it the best way I can. But I know there's certain languages that I can't honor. Absolutely. Because, you know, I'm, I am far too much emphasis over there and I can speak utterly and truly in this. If I'm speaking yep. in the other, I, you are going to get the respect and you're going to get as much as I can give you. But I, it, you're not going to get the whole of me because you Absolutely. won't get the whole of me. The whole of me. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Right? Exactly. And um, 
you know, just because someone has the money to pay me for a reading doesn't guarantee that they get a reading. Yeah. And, and um, I, if, if I don't think I'm doing the absolute best that I can, <clears throat> I, I don't do the reading. I, I don't do it. Um, if I'm in the midst of a reading and I don't think it's my best, I stop. Yeah. And if I've done a reading and I don't think it's my best, I, I won't give the person they're reading the recording, but I also won't take their money. Right. And yeah. from the time I started on my own, I left the tea room up until today, I, I, I guarantee that uh, my readings, um, absolutely. And what that means is that if, from when I do a reading for somebody, from the time I do that reading till the ending of my life or theirs, hopefully theirs uh, first, um, if for whatever reason they feel I did not give them a good service mm -hmm. and my service was of value, I used to say, give me back you the tape, but I just, I just say, I'll, I'll, I'll give you back your money. Now you don't get 2021's money. Yeah. You get, if you had a reading in, yes. you know, <laughs> yes. 1968, yeah. you know, you're getting the $2.50. Yeah. <laughs> right. exactly. the, right. the, right. There are, you know, just because we live in the spiritual world doesn't mean we're not, you know, actually practical in the right. human world, yeah. you know. That so, doesn't yeah. mean we're stupid. That's yeah. right. And that's, you know, I think yeah. that's another thing very much, you know, people who have chosen this possible path has chosen them. Just because they're a spiritual being doesn't mean they've abstained from being a human being and having human necessities. Um, a lot of people think, well, you're spiritual, uh, so therefore you shouldn't be paid. Um, how can you charge for those services? You know, God gave it to you. It should be free. A uh, human being well, needs roof over the head, needs food in the stomach. Well, God gave me this gift as my well, job. And so right. as my job, I should be paid for it. So the way I answer a question like that is, is um, I talk about um, Tom Brady, mm -hmm. the football player. And, and I say to the person, do you believe that Brady has a God-given gift to play football and to be the best quarterback in history? Do you believe that's a gift? And they'll say, yes. Well, What's the difference between the gift that I have than what Brady has? Um, we both are making a living mm -hmm. from our God-given gift. Yes. I'm still waiting to make a living from mine. Yes. Well, <laughs> I, I, I've, also noticed, I've also noticed that when the focus for me of making money, I often lose it. Yeah, I, I just have to surrender to that. And, you know, I believe I'm an incredibly enriched and abundant person. And one day the bank account will match. You know, I have to just right. trust that, you know, I'm given the tools and the skills in order to make that money. Um, but, you know, what money is there um, and what is to come to me will come to me, you know, when as as needed. Well, so. Well, once again, I think I talked about this at, at, at the beginning of our session. I, I made a deal with the universe. Mm -hmm. And and I said, if I'm going to do this yeah. work. Now, now um, there's never been a time I've done this part time. Mm -hmm. And when I was about 21, um, when, when I left the tea room, I heard that if a young man went when he becomes a priest, um, 
when he gets ordained, he vows to say uh, a mass every day of his life. Mm -hmm. So I decided to make that kind of commitment to my work. Mm -hmm. And I vowed that I would either do a psychic reading or practice being psychic every day of my life. I made it for about a little over 30 years Mm -hmm. without missing a day of practice or doing readings. And um, sometimes on on a day that I would have off, if somebody phoned, um, there's a good chance they could have come in to see me for a reading because because it's better better to do it than practice it. Right. Yes. So, so you, you know, sometimes I've been you know several months booked up. If I answered the phone and I wanted to practice, that person gets the reading, right? Mm. So instead of me practicing, and, and and I went I went more than thirty years without missing it. That right. Excellent. Um, and and I did because I wanted to feel like I wanted to know what it felt like to not do it. Yeah. The thing is, with a gift like this, in whichever way you use it, I, I, you know, I transferred my energies to podcasting. It's now nine years mm-hmm. that I've been doing this. And my energy and my counseling, my, my channeling all goes through here now. Um, the thing is, when we're given any form of this type of gift, any gift that you're given, it's a responsibility behind it. So you've always got to keep it fine-tuned. You've always got to keep it open and honest and true. Don't get caught up in the ego or the or the anything else that's not going to serve you. But when it comes down to it, we're here to be of service. And really the greatest gift we get is when we have been of service to someone that it's changed their lives. Uh, in, in any form, of, even if it's just put a smile on their face, that's a gift back to you in itself. Absolutely. So you can't, Absolutely. You can't fight that. You, you know, you can't argue with that. It's that smile that you've, that you've put on someone's face, you know, that joy of that heart ignition. Um, it just is so utterly and payment in itself. So I, anything I, with I, the universe, you've got to be very clear on what kind of payment you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right. You, you have yes. to be clear. You know, yes. um, one time uh, several years ago, I, um, because of life circumstances, I got into a debate with a, um, um, a right wing minister born again type. And um, we were respectful and civil to one another. And we were having lunch. And the reason for we were is because my, my best friend near the end of his life got very much into Christianity mm. uh, without giving up his belief in the other things. And, and this was the church that he was going to and they respected him there. And the minister and I went out for lunch. It was, it was, this was in Calgary. And we went out for lunch. And I talked about what I believe in and my values and stuff. And he was sitting there listening to me. And he said, how can you have these values and not be a Christian? And, and I said to the guy, I said to the guy, you Christians don't have the market on uh, um, credibility integrity mm. you, you don't have the market cornered in god you know yeah. um there, we all have um values so we talked some more and then and then he said well and i talked about some of the things that i've done and and he said yes you've done these things and he said but it doesn't matter that you've done them it matters that in whose name you do them 
meaning doing it in Lord Jesus, doing yeah. it in his name. And then we continued talking to Samar and um, he told me that he was you know, going to go to hell or whatever. And he questioned because I wouldn't say, um, wouldn't believe in. Um, so he questioned that, that um, I didn't do it in Jesus' name. And, and, and I said to him at the end, I said, well, I'll tell you what, if it's really true on the day of our death, when we go to the pearly gates and St. Peter is there going through our, our good deeds and our bad deeds, if that really is true, I'll take the Pepsi challenge with, with you any day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, you know? you know, I wrote an article a long time ago to, to thy own church be true. And I am not uh, an advocate of religion. Uh, because I look upon it as controlled and limited, but I'm a huge advocate of faith. And, where, and whether yeah, you call it God, universal spirit or energy, you know, it is about that connection. And right. as you said, the church doesn't have a handle on the direct connection. We have a direct connection. We don't have to go through anyone. And everybody's connection is their own connection in their yes. own way. Yes. And there's no wrong way. No. No. Right. no, and and so we all have our own. We may have some similar drawings, but we will always see them from our own perspective. Yeah. And in the overall scheme of things, there is no right, there is no wrong. There's experience. Exactly. And, you know, the bottom line is, it's just simply I like the Don Ruse, you know, four agreements, you know, speak your word with integrity. Don't take things personally. That's somebody else's well, issue. Don't take one. it on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't assume. Because until you know the story, how do you know? And then Absolutely. simply do your best based on what you think is your best, not somebody else's dictation of what it should be. Right. And therefore, right. simple agreements that if you, if you live by those, then you're just not going to get yourselves you know, caught up in a twist. On that That's note, true. my dear. So uh, people can get the book um, from Amazon. That's called the, per yes, you can. Uh, my website, there is a direct link to the book. Excellent. And your okay. website again is? Is, is, is robertlindsaymilne.com. And it's M-I-L-N-E right. um, for your surname. And of course, they can find you on Facebook, Robert Lindsay Mill. And uh, on Instagram. It's, and on uh, Instagram now, I've gotten Facebook going pretty good. And now, now um, Instagram is the next, the next one to conquer. Right. <laughs> yeah. Instagram is definitely a conquer thing. <laughs> I don't want to do things by phone. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's an issue for me, too. Yes, yes. One, one of the biggest mistakes of my career, um, not accepting the world had changed, that, that was changing into um, uh, carry, everyone carrying a cell phone. And, yeah. and I, I, biggest error of my career. Yeah, I mean, if you had told me, in fact, actually, 2010, I was involved in an electric motor development. And um, I went to a reader and she said, you're going to do something online that's going to save lives and it's going to be international and this is your calling. And I thought, how does the motor fit into that? And the motor, there was nothing wrong with the motor technology, but we got taken. 
and you know the world flattened out and I got given a redirect and then nine years ago April 4th I was offered I started my first podcast on somebody else's channel before I went to my own and just discovered this was it for me you know everything that I'd ever experienced everything I'd ever done this was now the platform and so we have to embrace those redirects and you know if you told me I'm going to be running an online podcast, doing all the editing and everything else. It will be, no, I can't do that. And the Mm. thing is, we don't know what we can do until we try or till we have to. At this time in my life, you know, like, as I said, I've been doing my job for 56 years. Mm -hmm. What I, what we have done today, 50 years ago, Right. Is science fiction and a miracle. Exactly. Um, right? <laughs> Twilight in, Zone. <laughs> and in my in in my lifetime, I've I've seen that happen to our work. It's, yeah. Every day is a brand new experience for me. Every day I go to work, I'm I'm doing something that's a miracle. Every yeah. day. It's incredible. I know. But you know, that's the thing about life. We're meant to be adventurers, we're meant to be explorers, we're meant to live in wonderment you know, in exploration, that's what, you know, gets us up every day. What's today going to be, you know, and look at it as an adventure. And, you know, sometimes it might be a blah day, got to do admin, but, you know, that's okay. It's building the foundation for another springboard tomorrow. But gratitude, most certainly, that is a huge one that we need to have in our hearts and souls every day. And, And a sense of wonderment of what is to come. Right. Thank you so much for sharing here today, Robert. Thank you. It's been um, an absolute delight having you on. Thank you very much. The five minutes off camera. Yes, most certainly. So we're thank going to you. say goodbye to you now. And remember, everybody who does these readings still, you can reach out to him through his website. And just sometimes having that reading is just a wonderful clarity of where you're at, what possibilities are to go forward so you can just make the right decision in life. It's not walking it for you. It's not a prediction of love. It is about seeing something in clarity so you can make better choices in life. So don't be afraid to reach out to Robert. Okay. And just to trust your own intuition and your own soul because the answers are always there. So until next time, folks, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. You will hear many, many shows here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. We have new shows for you out every week. Just find them on our podcast or, or what's new. If you feel that you have something to share that makes a difference in the lives of others, or you too feel that you could be a host, please contact me at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com and we will be glad to speak with you. Have a wonderful day.